Hello, and welcome to episode 46 of The Modern Manager. I'm your host, Mamie Canfer-Stewart. Before we jump in, just a quick reminder that you can win a free coaching call with guest Amy Bourne from episode 44. All you need to do is join the Modern Manager community on Patreon by midnight Eastern, April 23rd. I'll select one member who will then get a free one-on-one coaching call with Amy, and she is amazing. This is totally worth it. And if you join at the bandmate level, you can also join the upcoming April group coaching call where we will have an intimate conversation and tackle your specific challenges. So check out the membership. You can find the link in the show notes or stay tuned to the end of the episode where I'll talk about it a little bit more. Now, today's guest is Amani Roberts. Amani is a DJ, music producer, podcast professor, and creative who loves to help people unlock their creativity by teaching them how to DJ. Amani and I have a super fun conversation where we talk about his experience DJing with running a business, and we talk about differences when working with artists versus in a more corporate setting, how to notice when people aren't engaged in your meetings, and of course, Amani's unique way of bringing people together through music. Plus, you get to hear my DJ name. Woohoo! Now here's our conversation. You're listening to The Modern Manager a podcast dedicated to helping you be a rock star boss with a thriving team. Whether you're looking to upgrade your meetings, cultivate your team, or grow as a leader, this podcast is for you. Now here's your host, Mamie Canfer-Stewart. Amani, it is really a pleasure to have you on the show today. As I mentioned before, I have a creative background in ceramics, and so I just love getting to talk to other people who have that real creative side. And I'm really a little bit jealous, to be honest, that you get to do that in your work. And I, oh gosh, I don't think I've done ceramics in years. <laughs> well, well, thank you first for having me on the show. And, you know, no need to be jealous. Maybe we could figure out a way for you to add it back into your daily routine or job. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll see. People who know me know that I'm a very creative person. I play the piano. I play, now play ukulele and a bunch of other instruments and stuff. So music and creative arts have always been part of my life, but I have yet to figure out how to make them part of my work. <laughs> well, let's see what we can figure out. But I also play piano too. So one piano player to another. Nice to meet you. Awesome. All right. So you are a creative professional and a business professional, and you lead a team of creative people. So in your experience, can you talk a little bit about the difference that you have coming from a business or more corporate background and leading a team of, I would say, more potentially more corporate people into now leading a team of more creative people. Are there differences that you've experienced? There are definitely some differences. I think when I was leading corporate teams of all different sizes, age ranges, genders, demographic backgrounds, I learned a lot of lessons. I think one of the most valuable lessons I learned is just try to meet people kind of where they are in terms of what their background is, what their knowledge base is. And most of the time when I was with the corporate teams, they were there for a reason. They didn't really need much motivation to kind of focus. Whereas when I'm with a creative people, you know, we like to get distracted very quickly. So <laughs> the joke is always like squirrel, squirrel from the movie Up. So yes. for, for our creative friends, we have to just work on keeping us focused and committed to finishing a task and moving forward because a lot of time we can let our creativity take us down a rabbit hole and we get distracted. So 
I think that's the first big difference that comes to mind in terms of working with corporate people to working with creative people. But then on the flip side, I found that a lot of um, the creative team that I work with, like we are not averse to taking risks. Like risks are kind of part of our nature. So we're, we're open to trying new things out, trying new methods to accomplish tasks. Whereas with my corporate teams in the past, very risk averse, kind of just want to stick to the book. So I think those are kind of two big differences that I notice both from the corporate side and then from the creative side. It's so interesting you talk about risk taking because I found that when I was studying in art school, that learning how to be vulnerable was a huge part of what I was learning how to do, right? To be able to put my artwork in front of a group of people and have them critique it and then accept that feedback and basically know that every time you're trying something new, you're taking a risk because you're trying to improve, but you have to learn how to be comfortable with that risk taking. So it makes sense to me that it's kind of similar in the creative industry that you're in now. I I agree. Exactly. I remember... Erica Badu, on one of her songs, actually, she talks about how she says, I'm an artist and I'm sensitive about my S-T-U-F-F, you know, my stuff. And so that quote, however funny it was in the song, is very true. So as a creative artist, whether or not you make ceramics, you play the piano, you DJ, like we're consistently putting ourselves out in front of people, taking risks, whether it's the type of art we produce, the order of the songs we play in. So we have to be comfortable taking risks and maybe falling down and getting back up. But that's a required skill and characteristic. Are there other skills or things that you've developed or kind of traits or things that you've learned by being a DJ and by being a creative professional that you apply as a manager or as a leader of your company? One of the hardest things that a DJ has to do is to read a room. So when I say read a room, it's like if you're at a party and the goal is to get as many people on the dance floor as consistently as possible, then you have to read the room to see what songs are working. Maybe you're playing you know, some current music, like a Drake song or Tiger or something, and that's getting people going, but you still have a large section of the crowd that's really not feeling it. So then you have to think, well, what song can I get that will keep the people here on the dance floor, but also bring more people to the dance floor? So maybe you bring out a classic song where everyone knows the words, like a popular one, you know, Sweet Caroline is really popular. You could put that on just to get people on the dance floor, or, you know, maybe some Jackson 5 that can really motivate people to come. So it's just reading the dance floor and reading the floor to get people out there consistently is just the way you want to get everyone involved in your business and keep everyone engaged. And I think that's a very important skill that DJs have, that it is always in development. Like that's a muscle that we're always growing and kind of honing in on. And if I would think of just the most important characteristic, that's the first one that comes to mind. And tell me how you then translate that into working with your team internally. So just how you read a room in like a party, a club, a celebration, you kind of have to read the room in terms of when you're having meetings or you're you're doing group projects. You want to make sure that everyone on your team is invested, feels like their voice matters and is willing to speak up even when their ideas or thoughts could be in the minority, because that's what you want. You want a team that has open and honest communication. You want a team that you're working with that We want someone to say, you know what, I know that six out of seven of us agree with this idea and this method for moving forward, but I don't agree and here's why. Because we need that diversity of thought. So it's the leader's responsibility to make sure that you read like the boardroom and make sure that people 
are comfortable, that they are speaking up, that they're included in the conversation. And if you do that, then you'll have a highly effective team that makes highly effective decisions and is able to move forward consistently. So I love meetings. That's that's like my number one thing. And for some people, exactly what you're saying comes super naturally, where like you develop these instincts, either, you know, you just have it naturally or you kind of learned, you know, through something like DJ, like how to get the vibe, how to feel the room. Are there particular things that you look for? Are there signals that you're looking for? Are there behaviors that you're looking for that tells you when people aren't speaking up, when they have something on their mind or when they're not engaging fully? Are there, there are things that you know, or kind of like the practical, like, yeah, when I see someone doing that thing, I'm pretty sure that they've got something that they're not saying. Yeah, there's some signals nowadays, especially with everyone having access on their phones. If you consistently see someone like on their phone in a meeting and they're not really using it to add to the discussion, like they may be just kind of playing with it either on a game or, or you know, texting or something. So that's a, a signal right there. Also a signal is if someone, and this is, it takes a little time to learn, but if someone has like the glazed overlook on their eyes, like they're just really kind of disengaged and kind of staring off into space, that's another signal. A more subtle signal would be if someone maybe starts to speak up, but then stops themselves and says, oh, never mind, I'll get back to it later. Like that's a really good sign that someone's on the cusp of speaking, but maybe they're just not comfortable enough or maybe they're a little bit insecure. So you really got to figure out ways to kind of bring them out of their shell. And then if someone is just, just frankly, just kind of quiet the entire time and maybe just listening and not, not really speaking up, those people sometimes are the most valuable people to bring out because they could have several thoughts, ideas for the group, but they're just choosing to keep it in. So those are the four kind of, you know, signals, types of people that I keep an eye on and just try to try to bring them out when I notice what's going on. Those are great. And I want to add one because I recently discovered a new signal. I had never noticed this before until a meeting I was in, a, I don't know, maybe a week or two ago, where there was one person who would lean forward in their chair and start to open their mouth and then close their mouth and sit back in the chair. It was the most (laughs) bizarre thing. And I was like, what is this person doing? And then I realized, oh, I think she has something she wants to say, but but she's not like jumping in. And so by the time she kind of gets ready to talk, somebody else has started to talk. And so then she's like, oh, well, I'll just sit back and not say anything. And so that's been a new thing I've been looking for to notice if other people are doing that same behavior where they'll kind of like sit up like they're going to talk and then they kind of sit back down and kind of shrink back in their chair. That that's, that's a new visual signal I'm keeping an eye out for. Definitely. And so I would ask you, like, what do you do to bring them out? Because if I saw that, I'd be like, so Mamie, I noticed you're about to say something. Please share with the group. I just kind of call them out and and encourage them to speak up. Or I would make eye contact with them and kind of nod and say, okay, I got you. I'm going to get to you when they're finished. And then when they finish, even if someone tries to kind of button line, so to speak, I would say, hold on, hold that thought. Let's get to, you know, Mamie and see what she has to say. Exactly. That's exactly (laughs) what I do. Nice. Well done. (laughs) All right. I want to switch gears a little bit because not only do you run a business around DJing and music and are you a DJ, but you also do team building. So I thought it was a little funny because I was like, wait, isn't DJing like a solo activity? I've only ever been places where I've seen a single DJ. So what inspired you to turn the act of DJing into a team building activity? I'm very glad you asked, and I'll kind of walk you through the activity. And I was inspired by this activity when I volunteer at schools in Los Angeles. 
and we'll take all of our DJ equipment to an elementary school to kids who probably have never even touched a vinyl record or seen a DJ up live. And so we'll do like a DJ lesson with the kids. It's about an hour, hour and a half. They can scratch on a record. They can kind of talk about music, learn about the history of music. So that idea and that activity was so successful. I said, well, I know that there's a lot of team building events going on, whether or not you go to like a basketball game together, you go on a ropes course, you kind of do group sharing in a circle. I said, well, I want to use DJing and use the DJ lesson as a form of team building because music is a universal language and you would be surprised at what you can discover when people get together and talk about music. So what happens is that we come to, it can be at an office of like 10 people, it can be at a conference of 50, 100 people. We have turntables set up, you walk in, and so first thing, people are looking at the turntable because many, many people, let's say 95 out of 100 people have a secret desire to kind of get behind, you know, the turntables and be a DJ for just a little while, if not, you know, for a long time. So we let them look at the equipment and then we kind of sit down. And the first step is to create your DJ name. And this will kind of talk people into, you know, just marketing and branding exercises. So I'd say, OK, if I see you walk in, Mamie walks in, I say, how are you doing? I said, the first step is we're going to create your DJ name. So I'm going to ask you right now, think about a DJ name. I'll give you a couple examples that kind of reflect your personality, maybe a favorite TV show or a movie character that you love. I have a close friend who's a dentist and her DJ name is DJ Flossy. I have another close friend who's like you know, a brown skinned African-American man. His DJ name is Mr. Chalk. Otherwise, it could be your first name, last initial. A good friend, her DJ name is Tina T. So my DJ name is Amro, so my first name is Amani. So I took the first two letters of my first name and the first two letters of my last name, Roberts, DJ Amro. Actually, my friends kind of came up with this DJ name for me, and I just liked it and took it and ran. So now I'll ask you, Mamie, as you've heard me talk about DJ names, what name comes to mind for you? So my DJ name would be DJ Boss Lady because my husband always refers to me as the boss lady. And like my job in the morning is get out of the house as fast as possible so that he can deal with the kids and to come home as late as possible so I can get as much work done so that when I get home, we can eat dinner and I can have playtime. And if I have there to work go. on the weekends, it's always mama's got to go work. She's the boss lady. And I even have a, I have a little thing on my desk that says boss lady and I have a t-shirt that says boss lady. So I'm totally okay. DJ boss lady. Okay, so you have all the merch ready, everything. You know, I would suggest you get the Instagram handle, the the Twitter handle, and the website too. So moving forward, then we will we'll kind of get everyone to touch the turntable, the vinyl, scratch a little bit, just so they can kind of get through that fear. We talked about fear before, but this is actually a an activity where people use their hands, and it's a very physical activity to get through just a quick amount of fear. The next step is we're going to pick your debut song. So then I'll ask you again. Okay, boss lady, you're going to a club, and we'll say. You're coming to Vegas and you're going to de make your debut at a club in Vegas. They're going to say, OK, coming to the stage now is DJ Boss Lady. What would be the song you'd play that let people know about what your personality is, like your entry, your debut song? So for me, I have a couple I like to choose between between the OJs. I love music. Tina Marie, Square Biz, SWV, I'm So Into You. Just some of my favorite songs that really get me excited and kind of let people know what music I like and a little bit about me. As you're thinking, boss lady, what songs come to mind? Oh, this one's much harder. 
(laughs) (laughs) I feel like fight song or brave or roar, like all of those, like I'm a powerful woman. I am here. Listen to my voice kind of songs. Those those would be my my openers. Okay. I like fight songs. So we're going to go with fight songs. So you're going to drop that. So that's your song. So then we go through and then you would pick if you're going to be known as a DJ, what's like your your genre of specialty? So for me, I love old school hip hop, old school R&B funk. If you're thinking, what's the genre that people are going to know? Oh, boss lady is DJ, DJing tonight. This is what she's playing. This is another hard one because I love so many kinds <laughs> of music. But I think I'm thinking about like, what do I do when I go karaokeing? <laughs> and, okay, uh, okay. and I feel like the kind of 90s, 2000s and contemporary female singer dance music, if that makes any sense, okay. that would be my yeah. style. So we're thinking maybe a mixture like a little Christina Aguilera, a little Britney Spears, maybe kind of that that avenue. Yeah, throwing a little Madonna. I know sometimes she's a little late okay. 80s, but throwing a little Madonna okay. here and there. Yeah. Good, good. So then that's your debut song. So the final, one of the final steps maybe is then we have the microphone. And, you know, it's a fact that people are almost more scared of public speaking than they are of dying. And so we get people on the microphone. It could be in front of 10 people. It could be in front of 200 people. And you come to the microphone, you say, what's up, everyone? This is Boss Lady. And I want to drop in some Madonna to let you know who I am. Thank you. And you kind of do a little scratch on the record, drop the song, of course, with my assistance or DJ's assistance. And then you're off and running. And then the kind of the other step we do, which really kind of brings it all together, is we play this game called Where Were You When? And so this game is like, we'll play a music. It's kind of similar to How to Beat Shazam, but we'll play a song. And then we'll ask you. So if I put on a song and I say Madonna's Vogue, and I say, okay, Mamie, what memories come to mind when you hear this song? And if I ask you that, what, what would come to mind? Oh, I feel like this is so embarrassing now. I'm like, <laughs> I, was, I remember being like a little kid in my bedroom with my sisters and doing the whole, you know, Vogue with the yeah. hands thing. <laughs> Right, right. So see, that's perfect. So people are learning. First of all, you have sisters. People might not know that about you. And then they'll know that, you know, you used to maybe do a little dancing in the bedroom or whatever, just, you know. And so these are little facts that help people get to know each other better. It could be someone you've been colleagues with for 10 or 12 years. But through this activity and this exercise, you learn interesting things about them. You get to know them. So often we'll hear, wow, I've been working for you for so long, I had no idea. Or, you know, they'll laugh or they'll hear the DJ name. They'll be like, ah, that makes sense. That makes sense. And it just really brings it all together. And so that activity, I gave you the quick version, but it takes a good 60 to 90 minutes. And there's a couple other activities we do in terms of a little lip sync battle contest that kind of livens it up also. And it's just a really unique way to do team building and to really use music as kind of a way to bridge a gap and to get to know each other better. So it's real subtle. And then once it's over, you're like, wow, we got to know each other really well. And it's just different. And I love it. And it's, you know, I'm just trying to spread the word. This sounds like so much fun. I mean, I've just had fun, <laughs> even though I feel like a little put on the spot, but this has been super fun. And I, I can totally imagine how doing this with a group of people would be both educational and also just lots of fun and entertainment. Yes. Yes, it is. And didn't mean to put you on the spot, but you handled it tremendously. So you should be proud. Oh, well, thank you. <laughs> so talk a little bit about what makes a really successful team building experience for you. Like when you're facilitating and you're watching a team go through this process, at the end of the day, you're like, they had a good experience. They had a successful team building. If what happens, kind of what are the things that are the elements that you're looking for? 
I'm looking for the energy level to go from probably being a little bit uncertain to just going at to staying at a high level. I'm looking for the conversation and the ideas and the sharing to be at a very high level so that when they're walking out, they're still talking about music and they're talking about what about this or what about that. I'm looking for a lot of laughter, maybe even some breakthroughs where people get emotional as well when they talk about certain songs, certain music. And I'm just, just looking for the overall vibe to be at a high level people to be like i'm so glad we did this this was so unique this was so fun i learned this about my colleague who have i've worked with for 15 years and it's amazing so it's really the energy level and just the feedback that you'll hear you'll hear it right away in terms of the feedback on the activity and as they're leaving the best sign is when they're still kind of buzzing and talking about different music and different songs and calling each other by their dj name and they some people say, oh, well, I want to do this again as well. And that's like some good takeaways as well as some good signals that it was a successful event. Nice. And why do you think that doing team building is important? I think with the way that work is now, whether it's, you know, it's a corporate job, we work so many long hours and we work together in such tight quarters normally for so often that it's just really important for us to get to know each other, our fellow colleagues on a more personal level, because that allows teams to be more effective. And I think that team building is a way to get that done with kind of being a little less direct and it's a little subtle, but you'll realize after a successful team building activity that you have a tighter team, you're working more effectively and efficiently together. So I think it's very important. Also, we're also in a day and age where we have lots of people who freelance or work home-based. So you maybe you're not in the office as much. So you definitely need to do team building because even if you know, you're in a different state, we still have to work well together and be very efficient. So if we know each other better and we can feel comfortable communicating with each other things will just go better for the business. So it's just very important to help businesses be more efficient, more effective, and really just get more revenue. And team building is at the core of that because if you don't have a successful or a high performing team, you can't do the best you can do. I totally agree. And I just want to reiterate your point about having people who are geographically dispersed and the relationships and the strength that comes from that. Sometimes when I facilitate team building activities, I get some like eye rolling in the beginning of like, oh my gosh, I can't believe we're going to spend two hours like playing games or, you know, whatever it is. And then by the end, of course, they have the same kind of high energy that you were just mentioning. And the relationships and the bonds that get formed in those activities have a halo effect that lasts for weeks or months or even years afterwards where people are just kinder to each other and they have a higher level of respect and they're more willing to give the benefit of the doubt. And that is why we do these things, right? It's not just to have fun, but <laughs> it's the business outcomes and the human outcomes that come from those experiences. So I just want to hammer that point home. <laughs> exactly. You speak about the human kind of outcomes. I'll tell a quick story. We did a team building activity probably a little over a year ago. It was for a group of about 35 people. It was a majority of women, about 30 females, two, five males. And they went through it. It was very successful. And what happened is that it came out that one of the people really loved, she had a love for this musical artist that was a little bit obscure, but like, well, not obscure because Sade is really big, but it was Sade. But she went to a concert for Sade a live concert, which are very rare, and she like loved it. So she kept talking about it, played Sade as her song. So what the team did for her birthday is that they made a mixtape. It was really like a mix CD. And they made a mix CD from a bunch of Sade's live performances, and they wrapped it up and mailed it to her because, once again, she was working off-site. They mailed it to her for her birthday. But what they did is they made sure that she got on, I think it was Skype, 
when she was opening it. Then when she opened it in front of everyone and started to hear what it was, she broke down in tears. And that's the kind of impact that you want because that lets people know that it's more than just business. It's also personal. Oh, that is so beautiful. Thank you. All right. I want to shift gears once again because we're, we're coming to the end here. And as you know, this show is called The Modern Manager. So could you tell us about one of the incredible managers that you've had the pleasure of working for and what made him or her so amazing? Yes. I remember when I was working in hotels, I had a manager that I worked for at a hotel in Miami. And what made him so special was that he focused every day on making sure that work was fun while still challenging us. And this was the first job I had in a corporate environment that really pushed us to be as creative as possible. In this job, we were tasked with convincing businesses, like corporations, to have their meetings, celebrations, everything at our hotel in Miami. It was a challenging time because Miami was going through a little bit of a tough time with their public relations. So we had to be extra creative to get people to come down to look at our hotel and then make the decision to choose us. And he just really, really pushed us to be creative. He would kind of lead by example. He would really kind of try to get to know us as well on a personal level, just to understand what made us tick so that, that we could use that find out what our custom, what made our customers tick and really try to convince them to come to our hotel. So he was really the first manager that pushed us to be creative in a corporate environment and then really showed how getting to know each other and getting to know your clients can help put you kind of on the map and really make a difference when they're thinking about who they want to work with. And so he comes to mind definitely as a manager that I really loved working for and learned a lot from as well. Nice. And where can people learn more about you and your business and your team building offerings and all the good stuff that you're up to? Right. On social media, you can go to Amani Experience and the name is A, M is in Mary, A, N is in Nancy, I, Experience, all one word. That's on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Pinterest, everywhere like that. My website is amaniexperience.com. If you put a backslash and type in team building, so it's amaniexperience.com backslash team building, you can get access to the information there, see a couple of videos as well. And then they can also check out my podcast, the Amani Experience Podcast. And tell us what you talk about on your podcast. Ooh, so we talk to people who used to work in the corporate atmosphere, work for someone else in corporate America or wherever, and have left to do something more creative. So it's a more creative venture. So people who used to maybe be CEOs of companies that have left to become full-time yoga instructors, photographers, poets, DJs as well, health coaches, a whole wide range of different professions. And so they share their wisdom with us for about 45 minutes. And it's like attending a masterclass each episode. Oh, fantastic. So maybe when I eventually make my leap from the, from effective management into some creative profession, I'll, I'll reach out to you. Yes, you'll be higher on our list because we want to talk to some people who you know do the ceramics and the more creative things. So I'm ready when you are. Awesome. Well, thank you, Amani. This has been such a pleasure. Likewise. Thank you very much for having me. Well, I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. I love music and I love what Amani's doing. And now I have a DJ name. If you're interested in bringing Amani's incredible team building activity to your company, check it out. The link is in the show notes and members of the Modern Manager community get a 25% discount on his services. To join, go to patreon.com slash modern manager. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash modern manager. All the links are in the show notes and they can be delivered to your inbox when you subscribe to my newsletter, which you can do so at mamieks.com slash podcast. If you are enjoying The Modern Manager, please leave a rating or a review on iTunes or wherever you listen. 
And thank you so much to those of you who already have left a rating or review. It means a lot to me to know that you appreciate the content and that you're finding it useful. Of course, if you have feedback, I loved hearing that too. So send it to me by email, which is in the show notes also. Thanks again for listening. Until next time. Meetings are one of the most critical components of healthy collaboration, and teams are at the heart of how we work. Meteor helps you use your time in meetings productively, build healthy relationships with your colleagues, and move work forward. To learn how we do it, visit Meteor.com. That's M-E-E-T-E-O-R.com. You've been listening to The Modern Manager. You're already becoming a rock star boss of a thriving team, I can tell. To ensure you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player and join the mailing list at mamieks.com slash podcast. That's M-A-M-I-E-K-S dot com slash podcast to get show notes and other special content delivered directly to your inbox. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.